Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're so thankful. We're so grateful to have you as our, not just our God, but our Father and our brother and a spirit that walks alongside of us, that resides in us. It's everywhere we go. An ever-present help in time of trouble. A rod and a staff who comforts us and strengthens us. That leads us beside still waters. Anoints our heads with oil to where our cup overflows. Where goodness and mercy follow us <laughs> all the days of our life. I didn't forget that. He does prepare a table for us. <clears throat> right smack dab in the presence of our enemies. <laughs> he is so good. It's so good to be in your house, Lord. And one of these days, we're going to be in your house, seated at your table. At the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's all going to be worth it. <laughs> it's all going to be worth it. We thank you, Lord, that you're with us right now. <clears throat> that in, out, in this outside, it seems people are saying, where is he? Where's God at? We thank you, Lord, that those who know you know right where you're at. You're with us. You stick closer than a brother. And I thank you that your word tells us that when sin abounds, that grace abounds even, even more. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us, by example, what we're to be and how we're to live and what we're to do in these days. I thank you for your strength and your power. Holy Spirit. That baptism, that baptism in fire that has empowered us. <laughs> empowered us to be witnesses. We thank you. We thank you. Amen. Amen. What a sweet, sweet presence. Thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome. Thank um, April for ministering last week. She did a great job. How many of you were blessed by hearing the message about the authority of God? Amen. <clears throat> Tell you what, when you begin to understand his authority and you see how he set that up and how we're to submit ourselves to his authority and walk under authority in submission it becomes a very um, awesome thing, and it's not a, that S word doesn't become a bad word. It's a beautiful thing, and you understand that there's a covering that God has always provided and wants us to have a covering. And uh, 
it's a heavy thing to, to be part of that sometimes. But no matter what, we all have a, a submission that we walk under and an authority that we recognize. And, and the sooner we do that, that we recognize it, and then we submit ourselves to it, the better it is for us. Amen. And it's a blessing for us. So thank you, sis, for sharing that. Um, I'm going to pick up where I left off two weeks ago. And we're still in um, going through our study of Revelation, and, and we're in chapter 6, but we're taking just a little detour um, and looking at um, some of the the signs, the not, not the cosmic signs, but the signs that Paul spoke of, the signs that Jesus spoke of, the signs that would um, have to come before Jesus came for the second advent. Amen? So last week we looked, or two weeks ago, we looked at the first point was um, that in those times that people would depart and they would um, depart from the faith and, and give heed to deceiving spirits. That was one of the things that we would see, and we covered that, and, and they basically, to the deceiving spirits, they would submit themselves to demonic doctrines. Um, the second part of that, that, that one of the major things in the list that I wanted us to look at was that the church would have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof, deny the source of its power. And how is that happening today? <laughs> it's, that's happening in a very, uh, spreading like wildfires, becoming more and more popular. That it's okay, and the world is okay with us having a form of godliness. Anything can go, but if you use the power, and you speak of the power, you even use the name of Jesus, there's power in that name, they got a problem. You can be Krishna, you can be Hindu, you can be Muslim, you're going to be okay. You can have a form, as long as it ain't Christ-centered. And as long as, and even in the church world, we're all good until you have this distinction of the power, which is the dunamis. That's what the word says in that passage. Having a form of godliness, but denying the dunamis, which is the empowering from the Holy Spirit, the dynamite, the explosive power, the miraculous. And I don't know about you, but I'm absolutely convinced that God knows what he's doing. That he said, in this church age and in these last days, you're going to need dunamis. Amen. Amen. And how many would you agree that if there's ever a time you're going to need dunamis power, it's probably today. Amen. And aren't you, aren't you excited that we have it? It's available to you. And, and I believe greatly you're going to begin to see more and more. And we are seeing that. We, we shared testimonies last week. Um, Pastor Linda's in the last couple of weeks was able to pray with someone and there was healing that happened there. We're seeing signs and wonders. We're seeing uh, people getting saved, we're seeing people get baptized in the Spirit, we're seeing people get healed. That's awesome. So we're in that time, and, and I believe God wants to use that even more. So those were two of the, <clears throat> the points that we looked at of the signs of the times, not the cosmic signs, but just the signs of the times. And I want to go forward today, and we're going to look at point three of, of last two weeks ago's message. People will not endure sound doctrine. That is one of the, the things that Paul talked to Timothy about. So in 2 Timothy chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 1 through 5, let's, let's look at this. He says, I charge you, therefore. Does that sound something light? No, that's pretty serious. When, when the, ment the, the mentor is telling the mentoree, I charge you. Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Does that get your attention? If you're Timothy, you're like, uh-oh. Yes, sir. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Preach the word. Timothy, preach the word. There's lots of things you can talk about, Timothy. There's lots of things going on in, in your world right now, Timothy. Preach the word. I charge you before God. Timothy, preach the word. Timothy, don't preach your opinion. Timothy, don't preach what you've heard from others. Don't preach tradition, Timothy. Timothy, preach the word. And church, you know this and I know this. If there's ever a day that it is time to preach the word, it's today. It's the one thing that you're seeing churches and denominations and they're starting to veer away from and people are starting to get, well, I don't know if every word is really inspired by God. Denominations and Christians and pastors are, are beginning to step away from the word. Why? Because the word is light and it's a sword and it cuts. It does that. It's supposed to do that. And if people get offended by the word, so then people stop preaching the word. Well, it's offensive to some people groups. Yeah, the word is. It's always offensive to sin. How many of you ever realize like when you're in sin and someone brings the word, you're offended? That's why when you're in sin and you're not walking in relationship with God, you don't want to hear the word because it's the truth. We would rather be deceived. We would rather be carried away, right? Carried away by doctrines of demons. Then hear the truth and hear it preached because it's offensive. And we'd rather be coddled. I would. I mean, my natural self would just be like, just tell me, tell me I'm awesome and tell me everything's going to be okay. I mean, right? That's what, that's what we want to hear. But that's just not what Paul told Timothy to do. I charge you. Do you think Paul knew it's going to get tough? Was it tough on Paul? Like, he's having to tell Timothy because Timothy has watched what preaching the word cost. Do you think it might have been an option for Timothy to go, ah, I don't know about you, Paul. I think you could have maybe let off in some areas. Did Jesus let off? They said, teacher, don't you know you're offending him? Uh-huh. And he went even further, and he said, are you going to leave me too? Peter had the right answer. Where would we go? So church, we're in a day in this, and I would challenge you, this isn't just for Timothy. And you can say, well, you're the pastor. This is for you. Um, no. I'm going to charge you today. Church, preach the word. Each one of you have a ministry. Each one of you, God wants baptized with the Holy Spirit and power to be witnesses to do what? Preach the word. What else are we going to preach? We can talk about masks and we can talk about all that junk 
or we can preach the word. We can talk about who's going to win the football, or what happened to John Gruden, or how are the 49ers, or, or we can preach the word. Because the word of God never returns void. I wonder who wouldn't want the word of God preached. The word of God always accomplishes what it's set out to. Always. That's why I have such a confidence in the word. I'm not that confident in me. But if I stick with the word, I've got complete confidence because it's always going to accomplish what it's set out to do. And that means it's going to convict. It's going to exhort. It's going to encourage. It's going to convict. It's going to exhort. It's going to encourage. It's going to convict. It's going to teach. It's going to guide us into all truth. It's going to cut. It's going to be a mirror. It's going to expose. The word is powerful and it's awesome. So Timothy, preach the word. When, well, when should we do that? In season and out of season. So that means not just when it's convenient. Not just when I feel like there's a door opening. Well, I didn't really feel like there was a door. Well, make one. That's the day we're in, church. We're not, we don't have time to just wait for like, well, it wasn't the right opportunity. Well, I'm not saying don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. But I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit inspired this word. Yeah. Preach the word. Be ready. In season and out of season. Well, it's not really harvest season. Are you ready? Like when you get up in the day, are you ready? Have you spent some time in the word? So you can know the word. How many is enjoying immerse? How many feel confident? You feel like you've, you've been fed, you've been filled up, and you're able to go out on a daily basis and have something to share. Not your thoughts, not your opinions, not tradition, but the word. In season or out of season, when I feel like it or when I don't. How many, how many struggle with that one sometimes? I just don't feel like it. Well, get over yourself. You hear me say this a lot. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. What's feelings got to do with it? Well, I don't feel like it. Well, so what? Preach the word. What's preach the word? Ministering it. Speaking it. Sharing it. Convince. How many feel like there's some convincing that needs to happen today? There's some people. Now, how are you going to convince someone if you don't know it? It's good to educate yourself. It's good to know the signs of the times we're in. It's good to know the argument. Well, I trust science. Well, I trust science. Well, so does the Bible. He actually invented it. <laughs> Knowledge. He's all knowledgeable. Rebuke. Uh-oh, we're getting into dangerous territory now. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke. Well, that's only for you, pastor. Yes, that is for me sometimes. I rebuke myself. When myself says something contrary or feels something different than what the word of God says, I go, self, I rebuke you. 
I need to teach you and train you the truth. Your feelings are real. They're not accurate. The truth is more important than my feelings. So I rebuke. There's times as brothers and sisters, there's times that we're going to have to go and say, hey, what's going on? I've seen you here. And I've seen you in this spot, and I'm seeing you. I'm seeing something else, or I'm seeing something very foreign. It shouldn't be happening. It's happening. Now, do you come with your opinion? Do you come with your thoughts? Do you come with tradition, or the word? See, if you're going to come and rebuke me, you're going to come and tell me how messed up I am. You better bring the word, because I'm going to listen to that, and I'm going to I'm, that that is going to cut me. And then the Holy Spirit's going to say, yep, that's the truth. Isn't that what, what the Holy Spirit does? He always points to Christ. He says, yep, that's Jesus, even when we don't like it. Especially when we don't like it, he's like, yep. How many have had that happen? Someone gives you a word, and it's not the, praise God, you're the most awesome person ever. And you're like, I don't like that. I don't even agree with that. Like, that's, ugh. Dang, the Holy Spirit will come alongside and put his arm in so nicely and be like, you know, that's the truth. Oh. And he brings that little scripture that, oh. Convince, rebuke, exhort. Yes. We like that one. I don't like the middle one. You know, that, that they're all equally important. Exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Darn it, with all long-suffering? Even when I don't feel like it. Even when I'm tired. Even when it doesn't seem like a great opportunity. Church, this world needs Christ in you. This world needs the truth. If there's ever a day that we need to bring truth, and, and you don't have to be a jerk when you bring truth. Please don't be a jerk when you bring truth. How do you like truth to be given? Out of love. Speak the truth in love. And if you haven't spent time, and if it's a, a rebuke, before you ever go rebuke someone, you better pray for them. You better spend some time on your knees in prayer for them. Because if you do that, God will put this love in you for that person. And he will probably show you some areas in your life so you don't go in there too haughty and too proud. And you go in very gently, led by the Spirit of God. Not to cut someone or put the, the hammer down on them, but to bring them into a place back into truth. Amen? With all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come. Go ahead. For the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine. Who's they? That's a good question. Who's they? The world? That's what we'd like to say. Oh, that's the world. Who's Paul, who's Paul speaking to? He's speaking to Timothy, the pastor of a church he's about to leave. They will not endure sound doctrine. The church. These are the signs of the times, church. 
This is how we know that we're in that last final time. Without the cosmic stuff, because there's no cosmic stuff for the rapture. It's basically signless, except for what Paul's speaking of. They won't endure sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? It means healthy. Healthy. Healthy biblical principles. People won't endure them. They, that means they won't stand up against it. They won't, they won't build themselves up on that. They won't endure sound doctrine. Why? Because they have itching ears. You guys ever have something itching and you just, you, man, I just got to get that thing scratched. You ever have, you, ever, like, you got to get a Q-tip in that bad boy. Like, it's driving me nuts. Like, people are going to have, they're not going to endure sound doctrine. They're going to have itches that need to get scratched. Well, I need this. Well, this church isn't doing this for me. This isn't that. I'm not feeling loved. I'm not, and, and we covered, look, if you're not feeling loved when you come into church, there's something wrong with you. How's that for itching ears? If Christ is in you and God is love, then when you come in, there should be love. Now, what if we all came in with love? How would, it, how would people not feel the love of God? Or what if you actually took it with you? And you went out to the grocery store and you went out and you drove. Now, that's the one that gets me. It's hard for me to drive and feel the love of God. I drive and I feel like the wrath of God. I've got to drive in love, walk in love. And so do you. And everywhere I go, people should feel. And if they felt love, do you think it'd be easier to convince, to rebuke, and to exhort? You better believe it. People will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. We go back to the itching ears. Yep, there it is. But according to their own desires. How many have those things? Own desires. Man, they are tricky. Own desires. Are all your own desires bad? Nope. Are all of your own desires good? No. So do you trust your own desires? That's pretty deep. Just because I have a desire doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's bad either. So I don't trust my own desires. I just don't go, oh, well, I have a desire for that. So I... People don't endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Boy, if there's ever been a time for this... And the church's closing helped this tremendously. You know how many prophets are on the internet? Self-appointed. You know how many pastors are on the internet? If you have an itch, oh, you can get it scratched. And you can heap them up. 
Not just one. Oh, I can find 25 that will scratch the itch that I need and tell me how awesome I am and how everything's going to be just fine, just the way I am. Is that the truth? In the last days. According to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. You see that picture? Heaped up. It's not one or two. Can we do that today? Continue. And they will turn their ears away from the truth. Man. Itching ears. Heaping up what I want to hear. You hear the truth and you go, I don't want to hear that. Just, I don't want to hear that. Why? Because it's going against that heap of itching ear people that are telling you how awesome you are and how everything's going to be okay. And what I need. I hear, well, this is what I need. Why? Because you have your own desires. The truth doesn't let you go do all your own desires. Does it? Even if they're not bad, sometimes it's like, yeah, I was looking at something the other day. It's not bad. And it was like, I could do that. It would be nice. But like, like, not right now. Okay. Not my desires. Lord, what would, what would you like? Because you know the beginning from the end. And I trust you. They will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. This is so wild. So the first part is we have the ability, and I'm just going to say we, to turn our ears away from the truth. Do we not? That's just us doing that. That's not just mysteriously happening. It's we are purposely turning our ear from truth. The second part says, and be turned aside to fables. You can be turned aside. How? Having itching ears, heaping up, Teachers who will scratch that itch, not even you turning away, by doing that, you can be turned away from truth and aside to fables. What are fables? It's not reality. It's fantasy. We can be turned away to fables, to, to fantasy, to things that aren't the truth. That is a scary thing. We have to stop listening to just everybody. We have to stop just because they're on the internet trusting what they're saying is the truth. I did a teaching some time back. I think it was out of the book of Jude talking about false prophets in the last days. And here's what I would tell you. If you can't examine the person's life, you, you don't trust it completely. Are you hearing me? Just because someone's saying something doesn't mean they're living it. Hello? You can say things, but if I don't, I don't, and there's, there, I'm not saying everyone that I can't see or trust, I don't, I don't believe are, are from the Lord. I'm just saying when I don't know them, I don't give them the same um, credit, and they don't get the same amount of listening than someone I do know that I can see their walk, I do know they preach the truth, and they live it. You follow me? Now, all these people on the internet, I, I like a bunch of them, but I give them about this much, and then when Pastor Jay was here, 
I listened to Pastor Jay. When I was in any church, I listened to the pastor. That doesn't mean that I'm, he says, follow me, we're going to all drink Kool-Aid. Right? The hell bop com- is coming, and we're all going to take a ride. No. That's different than what the Word of God says. But I'm going to value the person who is in front of me, walking it out and living it out, that I can look at and go, yes, this is the truth, and I see that. Amen? They will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Continue. But you be what? Watchful in what? Man, all things? Like, you not just say be watchful in what's being... You be watchful in all things. Remember how this started? I charge you, Timothy. Be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. I wonder why he had to tell us that. Anyone have an idea? Maybe there's going to be some afflictions. I got me an education to figure that one out. Endure afflictions. Endure. Don't give up because you had a hard time. Endure. He's telling you, it's going to get hard, Timothy. You're going to face some opposition. You're going to go through some stuff. Endure. Here's another fun section. Do work. Man, we in the church, we think we, I just, you know, I just have this picture sometimes that, not, not you guys, because you guys are awesome, but like other churches, I just feel like they think that you get saved, and then you find those really cool, like, chase, like a lounge thing that's just like curves to your body, and you just have someone just come feed you like grapes, and Jesus is awesome. He just brings me grapes when I, and bonbons. I'm living my best life now. That is different than what God and what the scripture says. So different. You don't need power for that. What do you need power for? To sit back in an easy chair and just have someone feed you and just bless you and tell you how awesome you are and and rub your feet. Oh, Oh, let me, I'm sorry. Did that offend you? Oh, don't listen to them. There's plenty of other things that will scratch that itch. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Church, this is for all of you. I remember I had, <laughs> it's the truth, I had a pastor tell me one time, well, but you're an evangelist. I'm like, no, I'm not. Well, you go to the jail and you do, that's an evangelistic type of thing. But all of us have been called to be evangelists. We've all been called to share the gospel. That doesn't mean you have to, like, every week travel the world and get on a bus. But we all have a ministry to evangelize. Do the work. Fulfill your ministry. Church, it is not time to sit back in a lounge chair and think that we're supposed to be getting spoon-fed and just taken care of. It is time to get off our rear end. And you can't do work sitting on your tail. Even though I don't feel like it. How many of you men had to go to work and women go to work when you don't feel like it? How many of you decide, like, I better go pull the weeds out of the garden? 
Who likes doing that? If you like pulling weeds, I mean, I don't know. There's something wrong. But you, Jose, see, I knew there was something wrong with you. But we do it. Why? Because it has to get done. If, and usually, if, if I don't do it, it ain't going to get done. Right? Remember, we're the church. Whatever you do, the church does. Whatever you don't do, the church doesn't do it. So, church, do the work of evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. It's not just mine. And I will gladly do it, and I, I will lead by an example. Amen? Don't follow any leader who don't lead by example. Where are they going to lead you? If you can't see what the, where they've led and what the fruit is in their life, then why would you follow them? Be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. You know you have a ministry, church? Every single person sitting in this room, you have a ministry. Fulfill it. The most important thing, church, the most important thing you can do is not make $150,000 a year. Maybe I set the bar too low for some of you. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing isn't how many kids you're going to have. That's important. The most important thing is that you fulfill your ministry. You fulfill your purpose that God has you on this planet for. That is fulfilling your ministry. Why did he create you like you? Why did he give you special gifts? Why did he give you an audience that only you have? Otherwise, he'd have made us all the same and a robot, and one person could evangelize the whole world. But only 12 it took to flip it upside down, or as Dr. Paul would say, right side up. What if? What if? Now, I'm just, this is a crazy hypothesis. What if? What if we fulfilled our ministry? What if? What's keeping us from it? Well, I don't know if I have, I don't know if I'm called to that. I don't. Yeah, you are. What's the truth? Well, I don't know if I know the, then get in the word. Well, I'm a very shy person. That's awesome. God made you that way. But he gave you this crazy, powerful Holy Spirit that will come on you like in power. And you will boof, prophesy. You will speak and it will flow out of you. And then you can go back to being shy. How God made you. My wife is shy. But my wife under the Holy Spirit, get out of the way. She's a powerhouse, man. I've ministered plenty of times and people start coming up in the altar. And I'm like, woo, go over there. She's very shy. She's quiet. But the Holy Spirit don't care. We got to preach the word, church, not opinion, not tradition, 
not hearsay. Not hearsay. Remember the man who tried to cast out devils by hearsay? He'd watched it happen. He's like, oh, God of Paul, God of Jesus. The demon said, yeah, I know who Paul is. I know who Jesus is, but who the heck are you? That's called hearsay. You better know it. It better, it better be something you know. It better be something that's been inside of you that you fed on and then became rhema. Right? The logos became rhema. That's power. Don't wait for the opportunity. Take the opportunity. If you need permission, you got it. Okay? I give you complete permission. Preach the word. The time is right. We need to hold ourselves up against the truth. That Greek word is uh, for endure means is anikomeia. It means to hold hold oneself up against. That's figuratively to, to put up with. Put up with the truth. Put up with it. Bear with it. Endure the truth. Forbear. Suffer. Suffer the truth. Remember, there's a huge difference between sound doctrine and your own desires. You remember the the parable Jesus spoke of the wheat and the tares? This is what I want to talk about. Be careful who you're listening to. Jesus gave a parable. The man went out to sow in his field. Good seed. Good seed. It says in the parable in in Matthew 13 that while they were asleep. Church, we ought to be watching and paying attention. While they were asleep, an enemy came in and sowed tares in with the wheat. You can't tell the difference until it's about time for harvest. Church, you need to be careful what you're allowing in. What's get, what is getting sown in the field of your heart? What's getting sown in your mind in this day and age? Be careful. It looks good. It sounds good. But you won't be able to tell the fruit of it until it's harvest time. You hearing me? There's lots of stuff out there that sounds good and looks good. And according to the parable at harvest time... It's too late. Because the tares are going to get ripped out and burned. Whatever, whatever's producing from that, and guess what? We, if we don't recognize and know that there's good seed, and we're putting ourselves into a spot to receive good seed and hear the truth, and we're just letting anything in, anything in, anything in, anything in, anything in, it's hard to tell until it starts to produce. Amen? Man, I still got time. You guys are listening right on time. So I will get through into one more verse, one more passage. This is point four. We should be watching the seasons and be ready. The Thessalonian church, 
the context of First Thessalonians. They were so excited and so ready for the rapture, and they believed it wholeheartedly. They began to freak out because people started dying. They're like, what about the people that died? They're going to miss the rapture, right? I mean, they're, that's where they're at. They're just like, what about them? So, so Paul is, is teaching, and he, and he says in 1 Thessalonians, I think it's in my Bible, 1 Thessalonians. Is, I'm pretty sure it's in my Bible. If it's not in here, then we need a new one, right? Well, you know what? I want to just... Well, well, we'll just, what you got is right. I'm not going to mess that up, Steve. <laughs> I kind of want to a little bit. But the verse before chapter 5 says, com- says to comfort one another with the words. That, and, it's, and he's speaking in the context of, of the rapture. And he rolls into to the fifth chapter. And he says this. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. So he's already given them plenty of explanation. He's already talked to him. He was there minister to him, says, you don't, you don't need any uh, more information about the time or the season. And who is he speaking to? Brethren. This is the brothers. You have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, what day? The day of the Lord. So comes as a thief in the night. For when they... Okay, so now who's the they? He's speaking to the brethren, right? To you, brethren, the day of the Lord. It shouldn't be a surprise. But then he says, for when they, that's the world. Okay, there's a big difference. And I want you to see the difference in this passage of scripture. Or you could say, for when the world says peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Now, this is so crazy. When they say peace and safety, says, church, there's no need for me to write to you about the days and the times and the the seasons, because you know. But for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. That tells me the world don't know what the heck time it is. Hello? Paul is expecting the church to know the day that we're in. He goes, I don't even have to write you about the times and seasons because he's already written us. He's already told us. He's already, he's already, we know. But when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. You guys, we're, the church has constantly, for a long time, been trying to like follow the pattern of the world and see what the world, well, they're worried. Well, maybe we should do this. Or they're, they, well, maybe we should do this. What the heck? They don't know what time it is. We're supposed to know what time it is. Amen? They're saying peace and safety, and we're like, I don't feel peace and safety. How many else you are like, this isn't peace and safety time. This is war time. When I came into this church, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, I knew there was a major difference between me and Jay. And, and this isn't a slam on Jay. This is, this is just what it is. Peace time, war time. I knew that coming into this. And no one really wants to go to war time. No, I like peace time. Now, that doesn't mean he wasn't equipping you, wasn't training you, wasn't getting you prepared. Of course he was. 
but there was a peace time. But there's like a switch that flipped. And I, the Lord had prepared me for that. Wartime. And it's going to sound different in wartime. You're going to have different leaders in wartime. Peacetime, it's going to be a lot smoother, a lot nicer, a lot, you know, wartime, we ain't got time for that. Wartime is like, you know what, like, you could be, hey, guys, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be kind of a good idea if you put your boots on. I mean, you know, if, if, you, if you want to get a gun, you, but you don't have to, like, that's peace, and that's okay. Wartime, hey, get your boots on, grab that gun, we got some fighting to do. Well, I don't really like how that sounds. Anyone that's been in the military, uh, it don't matter. The most important thing is that we save your life. The most important thing is that we drive back the enemy so lives are saved. We got to win the lost. We got we to go out there and get people that are in depression, get people that are under the, the blindness of the enemy. We got to get people who are caught in lies caught in all kinds of sexual sin, caught in all kinds of depressions, caught, they're under the influence of demonic beings and spirits, and they're believing the lies. We've got to come with a truth and with a message of truth and grab people and snatch them out of the fire. We've got we to grab them and get them out. They're heading off a cliff, and we've got to go. You don't have time to go, you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying you're on the wrong path. I mean, I don't want to offend you. But, you know, you may want to, because there's, I'm not saying it's like a cliff or that you're on. I mean, I, you just, it, it might be better over here. What are you talking about? Or you run and you go, stop! What are you doing? Is that how you got people out of the fires? You just, I don't know if you're aware. Your house is burning down around you. Or did they run in and you snatch them, you throw them over your shoulder if you have to? Swimmers, if, you're, if someone's drowning, sometimes you have to knock them out. Sometimes you have to put them in a headlock and choke them so that they quit fighting so you can save their life. Now, I'm not saying like that's my role, okay? It's not my role to knock you out, to choke you out. But there's just a difference of season and time to say, hey, wake up. This isn't time to be, we're not on cruise mode no more. The cruise ships are being transformed into battleships. And everyone has a station and everyone has a role. Cruises are awesome. They're, they're cool to, oh my gosh, it'd be so awesome. I've been on one. I, it was amazing. The best food ever. You can eat as much as you want. People are pampering you and taking care of you. It is awesome. If I could live on a cruise ship, Lord, call me to be an evangelist on cruise ships. <laughs> could you imagine all these cool places you get to go see and do? It's awesome. Nobody really is like, yay, let's go to war. But that's what time it is. Now, the cool thing is, is we're going to see the ridiculous signs and wonders and the power of God like never before. Because where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And this is the season for power. This is the season where God's going to show up and he's, and he's shaking things. It's not the enemy. What, oh my gosh, the church is afraid. Why are we afraid? This is the most amazing time we could ever be in. 
All the Bible is pointing towards this time, and we're in it. And he's called you and chosen you to walk in this day. And it's not to be asleep and to go kumbaya. It's to be ministers of truth and evangelists and save people out of darkness. And that's anything else than that is like second, third, and fourth. Amen? So that looks different. It doesn't mean that all things inside of that are bad or evil. But it does mean we got to know the day we're in. Peace and safety is what the world's saying. And destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Anyone ever see, see once that stops and starts and gets going? Doesn't, it doesn't stop until that baby comes. Once this thing gets set in motion, guess what? It ain't stopping. So if you're just thinking like, well, this is rough, like, but, but we're going to, you know, it's going to go. It ain't going back. We're not going back. We're going forward. This has started and we're going forward. Right now, there's just like some of those early little signs. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of uncomfortable. Now, did anyone ever, I mean, is there anyone in this church that ever, you were surprised when that baby came? Even the men weren't. We saw this, our wives, like, whoa. She's pregnant, like pregnant, pregnant. She don't look comfortable. You know the season. As Paul's saying, look, you know the season. They shall not escape. Does that sound hope-filled? That, that's, an, that's an absolutely will not. That's what it is in the word. It's an absolute. They will not escape. Who's they? The world. Not, not the brethren. Continue. But you, brethren, you are not in what? So that this day should overtake you as a thief. Now here, I want you to start watching the difference that he's using. Brethren. So that this day, he's going to start talking about day and night. He's going to talk about darkness and light. Which one are you? Brethren. Not darkness. You're not of darkness. So that this day should overtake you as a thief. Continue. You are all sons of what? Light, sons of light, and sons of what? The day. Sons of light, sons of the day. 1 John chapter 1. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light, and there's no darkness in him. So we are sons of light. If there's no darkness in him, should there be darkness in us? No. Will the world like the light? Will the darkness like the light? No. The darkness will hate the light. The darkness will, because the light exposes. Jesus said they do their good deeds or they do their good deeds in the light, but the people do evil deeds in dark. When I was running amok, I, dark was always like, that's where we did our stuff. Undercover, in the dark. 
You don't do that stuff out in the light. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Continue. Therefore, let us not sleep. This ain't a time to sleep. This ain't a time to rest. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. The parable of the wheat and tares. It says, while they were asleep, the enemy came and spread tares. Don't close your eyes. This is not a time to close your eyes. Keep your eyes wide open. Be alert, and it says, and be sober. I can talk to you a little bit about that. If you're not sober, that means you're under the influence. You're under an influence. Be sober. Continue. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. What are we to be about? The day. The light. Continue. But let us who are of the day be sober. Here's what happens when you're not sober. And this is the world right now. Under the influence. Can't see clearly. Stumbling around. Passed out. Tore up from the floor up. Wrecked up from the neck up. Beat up from the feet up. Can't see clear. Wonder why. They're under the influence. They're in the dark, in the night, doing a bunch of different things that got their mind all screwed up. They're saying, peace and safety, it's P, we're good. It's going to be all right, we're good. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. And we got a lot of church people right alongside with them. Tell me it's going to be great. Tell me it's going to be okay. Tell me how awesome I am. It's okay. I can be in the dark. Tell me I can be in the dark. Oh, you can be in the dark. Oh, good. Well, I found 25 people tell me I could be in the dark. I got 25 pastors. They, I can be in the dark. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? They said it's okay. Look, if it's not light, it's not life, and it's not day, it's not all right. If you can't do it in the light, you can't do it during the day, and it's glorifying death and not glorifying life, it's not okay. Light, life, day. Light, life, day. What's the opposite? Darkness, death, night. If what you're doing or looking to do or want to be a part of is night, darkness, death, you might be on the wrong team. Jesus came to expose the darkness. The darkness hates the light. Now, what I'm preaching and what I'm talking about, people in the dark hate. 
Good. That means the light's doing its job. I'm not going to be offended by that. That's actually an encouragement. Are you hearing me? How hard is this? Dark, death, night. Calls us sons of the day, sons of the light. He's the resurrection and the life. God is against death. He hates death. Why would we worship that and glorify that? Hello? Be sober, putting on a breastplate of faith. Wait a minute. That's different, Paul. I thought the breastplate was righteousness. Breastplate of faith and love? Well, let me tell you what. If you don't know that you're righteous, you ain't going to have much faith. The breastplate of righteousness. When you, when you are in righteous and you're in right standing with God, that's going to generate some faith and you're going to know you're loved. You can look back. Faith is, basically covers your past. I can look back over it, and, and what's the enemy always trying to do? Attack your past. You did this, 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 you did this. And you've got that breastplate of righteousness that says, I'm in right standing with God, which builds you faith. And faith comes from those things in the past, and it builds you up. And love. Man, if, if there's ever a time to know, church, you are loved. Do not be discouraged. You're the apple of God's eye. You are the bride that is being prepared. That is, I mean, she has got the dress on, the hair's done, she's got the makeup on. They're get, I mean, they're putting she they're putting on the fine jewelry right at this moment, I believe. Getting ready to meet Jesus. He loves you. He's coming for us. This is not a day to be scared. Be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith. Let faith and love protect your heart. And as love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Faith covers the past. Love is for right smack dab now. The enemy wants you to be afraid. He wants you to think that you're not loved. He wants you to think that all this stuff's going to... No, you're loved. You better, you better know that at this day and age you're loved. You're loved by him. And the helmet of salvation, the hope of salvation, that's covering your future. You put that helmet on, all those things that the enemy's trying to come and, and get you worried about and get you freaked out about, about what's coming. Salvation. Just think of the word. Salvation. That means you're going to be what? Saved. He's coming for us. Don't. He's saying, let us who are of the day be sober. These are things that we have to do, church. Be sober. Be awake. You have a role in this. Put on the breastplate of faith or put on the breastplate of righteousness. You must put that on and walk. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't care what the past happened. I don't care what that is. Devil, I'm the righteousness of God. I am in this position right here now. I am loved by him. 
I am loved by him. And I'm putting on this helmet of salvation because he's coming for me. And all those attacks that are coming, he's coming for me. I'm loved. He is going to save me. Come on. For God did not appoint us. Who's the us? The brethren. To what? To wrath. But pastor, this is the most persecuted time of the church in history. I'm aware of that. Well, then God, but it says God didn't appoint us to wrath. Isn't this the time we're supposed to be in? Yes. Well, then what the heck? Right now, the church is under man's wrath and the wrath of the the man of lawlessness. That same spirit. It's not God's wrath. That day is going to be God's wrath. And when he comes, that wrath is coming, and you are not going to want to be here. Remember, he said about about the rapture, he said about before this, encourage yourselves, encourage one another. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Next. Who died for us. I mean, think about that. I was praying about that this morning and pondering that. He died for us. None of us were good. None of us had anything to bring to the table. We were lost in sin. And in that very moment, he came and died for us. You are loved. Not because you've done anything good. You're loved because he loves you. Period. In spite of yourself. In spite of your own mistakes, in spite of your own sin, in spite of all of those things, you are loved. He died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, that means either whether we're alive or we're dead, we should live together with him. One way or another. Either we make it through death, we're going to be with him. Either he comes for us, we're going to be with him. He died for us. Now keep going. Therefore, in light of that, therefore, comfort each other. And edify one another, just as you're also doing. Well, let me tell you something. How do I comfort you, and how do I edify you, and how do we comfort one another if I believe, and I don't believe Paul is writing to a group of people who are like, so encourage yourself, guys. It's going to suck. It's going to get horrible. The wrath of God is going to pour out on this earth and on us. Encourage yourself. Encourage one another. It's going to be awesome. Men are going to climb into the cliffs and pray that the rocks would crush them. That's going to be us. Encourage yourself. No, he says, comfort yourself. He says, comfort yourself before this passage. He says, comfort yourself again. Why? He's coming for us. He's our Savior. He's already died for us to save us. He's done everything he needs to do, and he's coming for his bride. Comfort yourself. Encourage yourself. Build up one another. Edify one another, just as you're already doing. That's the day and the time we're in. Don't be deceived. Don't be drawn away by deceiving spirits. Don't have a form of godliness, but deny the power. Understand the times that we're in. Understand the seasons that we're in. Be awake. Don't listen to everything that everyone says. Don't let in the stuff that's not true. 
Because there's a lot of things that it sounds like it's the truth. It could be the truth, but it's tears. It's going to choke out the truth. This is not a season to be sleeping. This is not a season to be, listen, and I'm not, I'm just, I got to speak the truth on this. I seen somebody yesterday. They've been locked down this whole time until just recently. Church, how the heck are we going to share the gospel? And you say, well, I can do that on the phone. That isn't what Jesus was talking about. How are you going to go out in the world and be light to the world if you're, if you're stuck, locked up? I wonder who would be behind something like that. Close down the churches, keep everyone locked up because you don't think Satan can see the signs of the times? He don't know the day or the hour, but he knows the word. He knows every one of these. He's like, it must be getting, cl- it's getting close. Let's lock them down. Let's, let's get people afraid. Let's bombard their minds so much with all this different stuff that they can't keep track of what. And it all sounds, that might be true, that might be true, that might be true. You don't think the enemy knows what he's doing? He's had thousands of years to study man, to know the word. And he knows his time's short, and he's going to try to cause as much destruction and chaos as he can. But encourage yourself. We're not of the night. We're going to walk in the light as he's in the light and have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all sin, which means we are pure and holy and righteous in his sight. And we're going to walk in salvation. We're not going to walk in fear. We're not going to walk in doubt. We're going to walk in the light. And walking in the light takes some time and some practice. It can be scary. People think the dark is scary. It can be scary coming in the light when you haven't been in it. Because it exposes. You can see all your flaws. You can see all those areas. But you got to come out and walk in the light. Because when you're in the light, you're in fellowship with him. And when all those things come against you, and in your, now you're in the light, now they're going to know what I did. Now He's going to stand right with you and go, I covered that. You have an advocate that sticks closer than a brother. He says, I paid the price for that. Righteous. But they did this. Righteous. But they did that. Righteous. The blood of Christ, church, cleanses from all unrighteousness. All sin destroyed and he sees you as if you've never sinned if you've been bought and paid for if you've been redeemed he saw yep that's what i'm buying that i'm purchasing that he saw all of it he knows what he's getting and he willingly and lovingly said i must have it i must have her this is a good day it's a good day to be a christian It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. It's a good day to hear the truth. It's a good day to know the season that you're in. Amen? Don't be asleep. Wake up. Be about your father's business. You want him to come back. Don't you want him to come back and you're in the midst of like witnessing to somebody and you're like, let's go. Or come back and you're tucked up in a ball somewhere in a corner hiding out. That ain't who God called. He calls me more than conquerors. The spirit of God lives inside of you. And I've never seen Jesus retreat. Just so we know, like, ladies, you're not going on a retreat. And I didn't use the word retreat for our men's thing. We're, we're not, we will never retreat ever again. 
we will refuel. It's a refueling. I don't like the word retreat. Now, keep taking ground. Now, there comes a time where we got to stop for a second and fuel up so I can take some more ground. But I don't need to retreat so I can do that. Heck no. This is the line, the bloodline, the blood of Jesus right here. Can't come across it. And we're going to keep going forward. And then that's going to be the line. And then that's going to be the line. Amen? Why you got armor? Why you got armor, church? Church, why you got armor? Why you got armor? Why don't you have any armor on your back? Because you weren't equipped or designed to retreat. Yeah, God does have your back. The Bible says the glory of the Lord is your rear guard. The glory of God is your rear guard. So don't get too prideful thinking you're all that in a bag of chips. Like, oh, I'm gonna... The reason that the enemy's retreat is because the glory of the Lord, God's got my back. But check this out. Me and him, we're good. All of hell is in trouble. All of hell is in trouble because I got Jesus. He's the biggest, baddest big brother you've ever seen. At his name, all things of the earth, all things of above the earth, and all things below bow. They will declare Jesus is king. Jesus is king. And I'm walking with him. And I'm his son. And he loves me. He loves me. It feels good to be loved by him. He's empowered me for such a time as this. He's equipped me. He hasn't left me naked. He's given me armor. I've got salvation to protect my mind, my emotions, my thoughts. I'm saved. I've got righteousness as a breastplate. I'm righteous in his sight, church. And so are you. I've got a belt of truth. Everything is connected by the truth. I've got shoes that are fit for my feet just right. And they've got some spikes on them. And it's the preparation of peace. So that means anywhere I go and I plant my feet, I'm in peace. I'm in peace. I can come into this church and it can be not peaceful. And if we are walking with him, then now there's peace. You go into your job and it's chaotic. When you go into that place, you bring peace. Jesus walked into places and he said, peace be still. We can walk right smack dab into circumstances and bring the peace of Almighty God with us. You think there's going to be some opposition to that? Plant your feet. Lean in. You got a shield. You got a shield to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. Every fiery lie. Every single thing that would try to come and penetrate. You got a shield and it will quench every single one of them. But if one gets through, you can take that sword and get to cutting. Bring the truth. Oh, I got stuck right there. Get rid of that thing. Oh, picked up a little, another little arrow over there. Get rid of that thing. Where are these things coming from? It's not just to cut out those things. I want to quit getting shot. I'm tired of my friends and family getting shot. 
Maybe we should take out the dude shooting him. Oh, I got this cool sword. Well, I just don't really, I don't really feel like I'm much of a fighter. Well, God thinks something different. You were born in this day for this time, and he's given you weapons. And the weapons of your warfare are not natural. They are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. The gates of hell will not prevail against the gospel. It will not prevail against us. Amen. 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 Amen.